This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Thursday, it's 6.30ish and another week has passed by in the land of Mansfield Town and this week has been a winning week. The Stags are back on track in Skybet lead two after beating Carlisle United by a goal to nil. Defender Hayden White returned to the lineup and gave us his reaction. Just said in the dressing room there, it could have been five, six, sevens. And on another day, we won't have that many chances and score three or four. So the win's the most important thing. In midweek, the road to Wembley began by taking on the current holders of the Checker Trade Trophy, Lincoln City, on their own backyard. Yes, you guessed it. The Stags came from a goal behind to win 2-1 at Sinsel Bank. Stakes boss David Flickcroft said it's all part of the bigger picture. I sort of said to him that it doesn't matter what competition, what day of week it is, you know, you're striving to improve, you, you need a purpose about your work, you know, you're coming in every day to get better and improve, you know, and, and it's another winning opportunity tonight. And, uh, you know, winning is just something you just can't turn up for, you know, surgeons have got to be on the game over 300 times a year, um, you know, players 50 times a year, we've got to be on our absolute best. And with September well underway, the loan window has closed. Danny Rose remained a stag as we always knew he would, but the stags did make one arrival with just an hour to spare before the window closed. Left side of midfielder Timmy Elchnick arrived on loan from Derby County. He says he's delighted to be reunited with David Flickcroft. He's a very good manager, I think. Um, knows his players well and knows how to position us on the pitch. And uh, just he's, He sees the game a bit differently. Uh, He's looking forward like in the future how we're going to play, not, not just now, but the next half of the season. Um, so I, I think he gives us like great advice. Uh, he knows the opponents always really well. Also this week we'll be reflecting on the two games, plus looking ahead to a free weekend. Yes, a free weekend. The Stags have three players on international duty. We'll be chewing the fact over all things Jacob Mellis and his final suspension. We'll talk Otis Khan and, as always... Have your comments and your questions in the live feed. Get involved now if you want to. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield Matters. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. No Nathan this week as he's all at sea. <sighs> it's too relaxing on this cruise, guys. Too relaxing. So you've got me, Craig, you've got Simon, and you've got Cam. Let's get it underway. Welcome to the Natural Matters podcast. That Nathan Edge, honestly, I don't know why you. I don't know why I can do it. Damn I mean, you! Damn you! <laughs> I mean, 
We didn't recruit you on holiday, but surely you had room in your suitcase for us. Just absolute joke. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, of course, because Mansfield Matters. It is 6.30 on the nose tonight. On the nose, starting on time-ish. Yeah. Uh, Cam Felton <laughs> and Simon Mercer, as you can see, are with me. Slightly different. We've come together a little bit closer because usually I'm sat all the way over there, but... I thought I'd keep Nathan's seat warm and get you entertained. But just because he's not here doesn't mean um, that we won't be up to all the usual shenanigans where we're talking about a winning week for Mansfield Town, three points on the board in League 2 and three points on the board in the Checker Trade Trophy Group H, uh, beating the champions in their own backyard. More on that uh, throughout the day. And um, there's Cam... Simon wants the biscuits. Uh, and as always, we'll have your comments uh, from the live feed as well. So if you've got anything to say, any questions, any comments to make, get them in the live feed right now uh, and we'll read them out and we'll try and answer them throughout the show. Watching Cam trying to open a packet of biscuits quietly. You know when you try and open a packet of biscuits quietly and it just... It just yeah, just yeah, rip it. That's it. Just, that's it. So they're a bit fancy. Yeah, they are. They're only a pound. They're only a pound. Anyway, oh. uh, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, as always, have your comments uh, in the comments uh, as always and have your say on your team. And also tonight we'll hear uh, from Stags manager David Flitcroft. He'll give us his reaction to the Lincoln game. I won't dip them in your tea because that won't end well because they're very, very chocolate there, there you go uh, we'll also hear from uh, Hayden White who made a return at the weekend and we'll hear from new arrival Timmy Elschnick have I said it right Cam? yes thumbs up Elschnick that's my new go to impression now Elschnick that's all I'm going to say um, well what a week it has been obviously three points in the league That well let's start there three points against Carlisle United a 1-0 win it should have been more Cam but the important thing is that it's three points on the board I think we had uh, crucial players back um, and I think fair enough probably should have done better but I think it's good that Danny Rose has got the minutes under his belt starting to get back to all full fitness whether he's still not 100% compared to the rest of the squad but it's all a step in the right direction it's good that we've got the win under his belt. It, like you said, it should have been more, but what's also more important, a good defensive display, but a good a good clean sheet as well. No, it was a vast contract, wasn't it, Si? Because, a vast contrast, because when you look back you know, to the home game against Colchester, we were within the, the same position. We were you know, winning, we were doing, doing well, and then we concede late on as they put the pressure on. They did exactly the same thing, but the difference, though, was that Elegnik was between the sticks and he pulled off a, a fine save. It was a great save and all, wasn't it? Um, yeah, uh, I thought defensively at the back we were better prepared, you know, after, after having that sucker punch against Colchester. I think he's, he's kind of said you need to start playing like the whole to the last whistle rather than think you won it and that's it, game, game up sort of thing. So I think he's kind of worked on that in training and uh, it paid off against Carlisle. Yeah, I think the thing as well, Cam, was, you know, as Sai says, we've been burnt once and under under previous managers we might have continued to make the, the, the same mistakes, but Flitcroft seems to have identified the areas and made the relevant changes. I say, you look at it and I think, 
out of the gates, like the consecutive draws that they had, you could probably say the only really shambles in defence that we really had was uh, Macclesfield. But they just th- absolutely threw everything at us. And I think we've took into consideration the Colchester game, we've took into consideration all the drawn games where we've either not been defensively up to it or attacking the up, up, not up to it. And obviously worked on individual areas in training day by day, built them stronger and got two good results out of the week so far. So obviously we've got a little bit more time to prepare for his next game compared to what everyone else other than crew have got and I think that as long as we can keep the the positive mentality going I think it could be a really good few weeks for us because if, if the players are a lot fresher not add the game means they can work harder in training work on some things that they might not want to put into a game they could play like practice games work on the tactics more Rather than the the physical and the the fitness side of things, bit of an interesting one, isn't it, Sam? Because I think you know, on the back of two wins, when you're playing well, as, as we have done over the last two games, you, you sometimes you want your next fixture to come quickly, don't you? That's it. And I was just about to say, do you think this break will kind of like well, not falter us as such, kind of put us back, sort of thing? You know, you know, we we've got that momentum going with Carlisle and winning at Lincoln you know and then all of a sudden we're not playing this weekend it you know will it will it be a bit of a stumbling block to get back going against Exeter and that's the that's probably the tough one isn't it the fact that it is Exeter mm. who are up next to it doing relatively well they had a good start faltered the last couple of weeks or so but they're still sort of up yeah. there and they've started strong bit of a rejuvenation about them as well Cam obviously you know Tisdale left for MK Dons in the summer but after numerous, numerous years, so they've sort of started a new era themselves. Yeah, and I think you think some managers are like they've been there long enough time uh, for a change, and obviously it's become a positive not only for Tisdale but also for Exeter because Tisdale's doing all right at MK, mm-hmm. um, and Exeter are happily going along in League Two. I think we could do with them down the A60 doing us a favour on Saturday and winning but it's just to knock their momentum more than anything just really just really knock them maybe I don't know, injure a couple of players you never know <laughs> all, all to help us <laughs> that's nice Always, always looks on the bright side of life, does Cam. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, keep your comments coming in. As always, plenty coming in tonight so far. Keep them coming in. Uh, Jamie says, two good wins. Let's hope it continues after the international break. Still feels weird Just saying, that, saying that. Uh, Roger says, could not believe that Carlisle uh, were higher than us before Saturday. We made them look ordinary last Saturday. Peter says, good save by Bobby to secure the points at the end. Mm. Uh, Jamie, Jamie asks... How good is Callum Butcher playing at the moment? Obviously played uh, on Tuesday at Lincoln. We'll talk a little bit more about Lincoln as a game uh, later on, but let's talk Callum Butcher uh, again for a minute. He loves the Cups at the minute, doesn't he? Oh, he does. Uh, another, I think I maybe saw him make one, maybe two mistakes on Tuesday night, but other than that, he just, from, well, from the first six minutes until they scored, we were being outclassed on every part of the pitch. But the lad stepped it up, got the... Breakthrough goal, thanks to a, a good piece of play from Callum Butcher. A neat finish as well. Very neat, straight through keeper's legs. 
and I think it's just that opportunity that he might not be able to have in the league just gives him that opportunity to stretch his legs out, show me what show us what he can do and hopefully come into the first team a lot stronger, a lot a lot I fitter think, and I think if he gets going I think he could be a, a regular. Exactly. And you look last season he was very I won't say a negative player, but he he never really had that positive input on the team. He got a lot didn't, of problems. Though. He didn't didn't really focus on the game, which spans back to moving away from the family, and, and mm. I think it probably didn't even go to send him <coughs> on to Billericay Bill on loan. Mind you, they're not a, a great club to play for, are they? At the minute, not, not at the minute, no. Stable club to play for, but I think it's good that he's he's obviously used that time well. He's sorted issues out with family. And come back over pre-season and just looked a completely different player. I think the thing there is as well, and I think that might be the difference. I don't want this to sound like it's always like a dig at Evans and praising Flitcroft and all that. It's just the way I see the situation. You know, you've got a manager in Flitcroft who has understood his problems, understood life because that's what it is. I mean, how old is Butcher? What twenty-one? Twenty? He's a young lad, isn't he? I think he's, young, he's not that young. He's a bit, young, a bit older than 20, 25, 25, 26. Yeah. Well, mid-20s, well, I feel about 40 at the minute. Uh, so mid-20s, obviously lived, uh, been a home bird for, and lived down that end of the country for pretty much all his life and played down that end of the country. And then all of a sudden he gets this transfer to League Two to play as an attacking midfielder away from home. So you've got all that stress of moving up. Then you're getting played out of position, then you're not getting played, and it messes with your head. And then, sort of this summer, you can understand why he was on the transfer list because of that, you know, he's sort of fallen out of love with the game, sort of fallen out of love with the club. But then you've got a manager in Flipcroft who's sort of taken his under, under his wing, understood his issues, worked with him, and he's playing him, side, and this is the important thing as well on the pitch, he's playing him in a position where he's had success after success after it's success. He's make an impact on the game. Yeah, I think what Davey's done, I think I think the word he's looking for is man management. And I think Davey's man management over the players is completely and utterly different from the previous manager. You know, and I think that's helped Callum because I think in pre season he's sat him down and I think David's kind of explained what he wants from him and Callum's kind of said, Well, I want to make a go of it because if you're Callum Butcher, you've got a young family you transfer listed you don't know where you're going to go next it could be further north so which is you don't want that to be honest so he's, he's probably kind of spoke to his family and kind of said I've sat down with manager I want to make it work he's going to play me in a position where I can actually make an impact on the games so I want to make a go of it sort of thing and I think now on the last three or four games that he's actually played for us we've actually seen the Callum Butcher which Steve Evans kind of said that the player he could be and we've never seen that under him so but you, now we are do you think it's down to the fact of this is a, a recurring theme with a lot of the players that were brought in last season they were sold a vision by Evans it's not come to what it was sold to be players get disgruntled don't play how they usually do not got the 100% commitment mm. Different manager comes in, sells them a different story, and whether it's something that they want to buy into as a player or because they enjoy being at the club, whatever, it, it just well, seems that 
David Flitcroft seems to be saying the right things and he seems more you, positive yeah, you about s- things. You seem to when he says he's going to change it, he's going to change it, and he does. And you can see, you know, like on Saturday he come out after the game on Saturday and he says we need to be putting teams like Carlisle to sword. So he knows that we need to be scoring more goals in front of you know more just more goals. So he'll be concentrating on that in training sort of thing. Yeah, you know, and in time I'm hoping that you know we we can get that on pitch sort of thing. I mean the one thing that stands out for me from going back to Saturday was when Craig Davis got that ball and he was clean through on goal and it was just screaming out just for just to run at goal and just smash it in bottom corner and that be it game over and he tried to cut it back and he was going to pass to Tyler and defender got in and it's like and it you know it's a striker be selfish get onto it sometimes you've got to be haven't you I think so, sometimes we do try and walk it in far too often we try and yeah it's almost like you know when you used to play uh, we, your mates on the field and you used to run it to the line and you used to get on your hands and knees and you used to yeah. run it over the line it's almost like we were trying to do that and sometimes it's 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 not clinical enough and to be honest I'm disappointed in Davis I, I liked him when he first I mean again I'm not going down the road of, of being a, a putting a player as a target or as a yeah, boom boy yeah yeah I'm yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, re- I'm really not. Which camera am I on? I'm, I'm really not. I don't that one. That one. I'm really not. Um, and I think, um, to be honest, the last three, three or four games, certainly the last two, some of Davis's decision making has been a little bit disappointing. Mm. And I think for an experienced striker, you'd expect to uh, Do a you little think bit more from that. That pressure of not scoring recently is well starting to. Not only play on his mind, but flip cross mind. Because if he's not scoring and not doing anything, but if it had been Danny, Danny had a Danny had a last thing, that. We've got young, hungry players. Danny, uh, obviously Tyler Walker, John Graham on the bench, snapping at the heels. Jason Law emerging through as well, and another yeah, one anyway. snapping at the heels to get into the first team. And you look at the impact that Tyler made on Tuesday night, coming on 15 seconds later, just rap, pops one off first time. And looks that little bit sharper, and it was that lack of sharpness that we di- we didn't we didn't have that against Carlisle. Exactly, and, and, and that's what we want. That's what we need. Whether know. it's down to the plays that we had on Tuesday night, but it's obviously that Flickcroft and Futcher have worked on something dur- uh, Monday during training. Work with the players that we're going to play Tuesday night, and obviously got something going because we looked a, a lot sharper on Tuesday night than we did on Saturday Saturday we had more chances to score mm. but the chances that we did have Tuesday night when away at Lincoln we looked more likely to score they were just a little bit different we looked a lot sharper and I know it's only a check a trade trophy and things like that and I say that and it dropped Tyler but it proves that Tyler doesn't want to be dropped from the team because oh, he yeah. came on and he put ball in there first, you know, literally first touch. And, and like I said last week, he should be playing a couple of youngsters and things like that, which I think he did. Mm. Uh, but Tyler don't want to lose his place, so when he come on, he made an impact by scoring. So for me, that'd be like the next game. You've got to be looking at Tyler to be playing up front again. Exactly, it's it's always good, and we'll talk more about the impact of the Checker Trade Trophy game uh, very very shortly indeed. A few more comments uh, coming in. A uh, quick one from Jamie. Very interesting question and. Uh, one which we, I'm sure we could debate for ages and ages. Um, Rose or Davis? Rose. Rose. 
Done. Um, some other comments coming in. Um, we were talking about Callum Butcher. Shelley says the door is open for Butcher with Mellis out for the next three. Uh, then again, will Mellis be missed? We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on as we uh, uh, read that statement out and look into the uh, the incident and see if it's fair, that sort of thing. Um, Gary says, Stakes are starting to show their winning capability after the last two games. Flitcraft on the team are well-grounded and will not let this winning feeling slip. Uh, and Peter says, going into September unbeaten is brilliant and we are showing we are a team that's going to be hard to beat. We'll look at September's fixtures and uh, October's fixtures because the two months couldn't be more contrasting in terms of rest days and uh, quick mm. turnaround. You've got this month, which is, I think we've only got three games this month and then next month in uh, October, pretty much Saturday, Tuesday for the majority uh, of the month, which is going to be a tough one. Uh, let's go back um, to... Um, uh, to, to Saturday uh, just as a, a comment pops up which is actually brings me nicely onto what I was going to talk about um, Saturday saw the reintroduction into the side um, of both Hayden White who we'll hear from in a minute and Matt Preston um, how much were both of them in a way missed I mean for, firstly let's start with White because he moved from right side centre half back to, uh, to, to right wing back with CJ going across uh, to the left how much were they missed I think they were very much missed to be honest I mean, don't get me wrong, Sweeney, Sweeney and Pierce have done an excellent job, you know, in back four or three or two or... Seven or nine, seven whichever you're Yeah, yeah, whichever. If we're playing with nine defenders, there's somewhat wrong. And still scoring. Well, that's it. <laughs> Clinical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I like Aidan White, you know, he gives us a right wing back, but he gives us another option down that right-hand side to get forward and put balls in. I know you kind of... That's the thing, you, Hayden White's... Jury's art, isn't he, with you? I mean, I, to be honest, I prefer him at, at, at right side centre-half because he, he's, he's a little bit more disciplined there. He doesn't tend to wonder enough and he's a better, he's a good ball-playing defender. But I, something... He's changed, know, in he's, my opinion. He's a better player under Flitcroft than what he, what he was Evans. I just like him going down wing because he gives us another option. I like it. It's when he come, when he goes. Oh, I'll cut back inside and show you. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to be controversial. But he'll always be a Mansfield legend. He scored against Chesterfield. No, no, you're right. No, he will. Yeah. Yeah, but he can't. He can't. <laughs> he, he can't just rely on that. Oh, well. No, Calvin Andrew scored one goal for yeah, us. Yeah, but we won the game, and the game in which Hayden White scored was a draw. So yeah, but no, 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 ah, no. cool. You're only. A it is. He's a better player since. He is a better player yeah. since Flitcroft yeah. has come in, to be honest. And I think it's that. Whether it's something worked on in training or whether it's he buys into Flitcroft more than he did Evans, but uh, on obviously Saturday, good performance. Tuesday night, ha had a hand in both goals. Two fantastic balls through, and we scored from both of them, so... Influential players and both and positions as well. Saturday, right wing back. Tuesday, right side centre off. Exactly. So you know, good luck, guys. Versatile. <laughs> <laughs> Versatility. My name is Hayden. Uh, also, Ewan uh, in the comments uh, says uh, best signing in your opinion. I think it's Preston. I think to be honest, first and foremost, I'm glad that he's over that little um, concussion bout because mm. things like that, uh, you know, can be horrible you know you might not feel it in a game and then four or five weeks later it might hit you or whatever um, so I'm glad he's, he's sort of through that and we missed him and to be honest I was a little bit worried for Sweeney because Sweeney came into his position into, into the side for him mm. but Sweeney kept his place which saw White move across and actually that, that back three of you know Preston Pearce and, and Sweeney with 
think Pierce ended up playing right side centre half, didn't he? And pressed in the middle. I actually quite like that, and it was one of the, I think it's one of the most solid defenders well, yeah, I've seen. As you say, three solid defenders there, and, and three all three good can ball playing defenders yeah, as well. All three can win headers. All three can play ball. Uh, so yeah, I think it were a really solid defence. I think the only the only thing that you can go back on really is that um, we was just hoping that Matt Preston wasn't out for longer than he was because concussions you can be out from anything mm. from a week to well months. So it just looked really innocuous when he went down at Yeovil, obviously scoring, clashed with Christian Pierce. It looked nasty at the time, but he got off, shook it off. Well, there's no sense, there's no feeling. <laughs> I won't say that to his face. <laughs> the words there of Simon Nurse, and that's him, by the way, <laughs> and not those of us. No, <laughs> Mighty Preston is a good defender, I'm not saying, you know, that. Backtrack very quickly. I'm yeah. Backtrack very quickly. Matty. Suck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. While Simon uh, runs for the exit as Matt Preston chasing down, <laughs> let's sit here from Hayden White, who's had a bit of an indifferent couple of weeks, obviously back in the side, as Cam said, had a hand in both goals on Tuesday, playing right side centre half. Also was at right wing back on Saturday, back in the lineup for the first time, and also has become a dad as, as well and been sleeping on hospital in hospital chairs and, and things like that as well. Let's hear from Hayden White and get his reaction um, to uh, Saturday's 1-0 win over Carlisle at the One Course Stadium. He was speaking to iFollow after the game. We've been playing well since the start of the season and um, we know that we needed to turn draws into wins and I'm just happy we was able to do that today. Just said in the dressing room there it could have been five, six, sevens and on another day we won't have that many chances and score three or four so the win's the most important thing. Obviously the clean sheet, uh, the attacking play I think everyone that, that, that played and, and he's going to play throughout the season knows exactly what they're doing a few weeks ago we saw that it can go the other way so it's really nice to, to see it go that way but um, it's not really a shock to see how well we are defending because that's how we're training we're doing that in training so um, yeah when it comes through in games it's nice yeah I'm feeling good really good um, obviously I had a few issues at home last week and uh, Sleeping on a hospital bed isn't isn't the best thing for a footballer, but no, I'm feeling good today. All good issues. Yeah, she's fit and healthy, so yeah. Uh, well, the missus is the one that's been getting up in the night, so there's not been too many disturbances on, on my part. <laughs> that's Hayden White speaking to I Follow Stags. You can watch that full interview at mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow if you want to watch that. And congratulations, of course, uh, to Hayden on the birth uh, of his uh, child and uh, making his missus get up in the night. I mean, oof, you know... Man's got to do what a man's got to do. Man's got to do what a man's <laughs> got to do. So there you go. Uh, congratulations to Hayden. And, and long may those continued Im improvements uh, con uh, carry on coming in. Um, we just want to see prove Craig wrong. I mean, I, I mean, again, I don't know how many times I have to openly say it. I mean, <laughs> I was a big critic of Hayden White when he under Steve Evans, especially at right back, especially at right back. You know, I always felt he gave the ball away too often and went wondering and left us exposed. Right, but, I mean right wing. No, right back under Steve Evans in four four two. And then I think he spent more time upfield than well, anything no. else. And then I think you know under Flitcroft, as, as we said moments ago, I think he's vastly improved. And to be honest, I think he's he's one of our pick of the, the defenders. And I'm really, I'm, say, I'm really the, pleased for him. It's, I'm, I'm it's, the, it's the difference in whether it's a difference in player attitude or whether it's a difference in man management. 
or whatever. Man, I think it all comes down to man management. And you know, here's a prime example of that: players playing under managers, right? Matt Green, Mansfield Town legend and hero, undoubtedly. Under Coxie, fantastic goals left, right, and centre. Under Muzz when he brought him back, not so great. Under Evans. Probably is, 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 is you, your reaction there. Well, the, the shudder. He fell out a lovely football, I think, by that time. Exactly, but the point the point goes to the point goes to show different players have different reactions from the managers because you know he's, Green is doing relatively well at Lincoln now. He started firing again last season, which we're delighted to see for him. Ish, ish. Um, I mean, it'd be nicer if it was in a stag shirt than contributing for us. But that said, you know. He had a spell at, at Birmingham where it didn't work for him. And he had spells at Oxford when he, before he came to us where it wasn't working. Different managers and different he, styles of play suit different players. It was unknown, weren't it, when he came to us? Because we were all like, it was, it was Matt, this Matt Green type of... And I think he was playing left wing yeah. at yeah. Oxford, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah. And then he came and played up front and the rest is history the rest as they say <laughs> is history let's move back though to the here and now midweek action in the Checker Trade Trophy get your thoughts in uh, on that and I'm sure Nathan would uh, love um, to, to, to uh, contribute with, with that now but unfortunately he's on a cruise although he has left us a couple of messages which we'll play uh, later on which have been winding us up something rotten in the group <laughs> chat uh, this week um, so uh, we'll, we'll see about that but uh, Lincoln Tuesday night Checker Trade Trophy action against the league leaders Against the Checker Trade Trophy holders, you can talk all you want about team selection, and obviously the Cowleys have been out. They're becoming the Luton of League Two. They're becoming the Luton of this but, season. At the yeah, nobody liked Lincoln anyway. The so. thing is, is that what makes me laugh about that comment, that statement, is that he was saying that we were physical all night. I'm sorry, whose player got sent off? Exactly. Uh, who was that flattening every yeah. thirty seconds? Yeah, it's. They, I think the thing with the Cowboys is they're pretty, they they have enjoyed a really good tenure at Lincoln. I think they don't like losing and they spit the dummy out. It's petulance and it's it's poor. But the point is, it's a win against the current League Two leaders and the trophy holders, and that can only be. Let's you know, let's take the competition element out of it and just look at it in isolation. A win against the trophy winners and the league leaders at the minute that can only be a positive thing for the group, can't it? Yeah, definitely. A win's a win. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's still competitive football. That's what a lot of people forget about the Checker Trade Trophy. Fair enough, it might have different players in it, but it, it's still a competitive game. It still counts. And I think that's what people will say, you know. The, the likes of Matt Green weren't in, even in the squad. You know, he's he's injured. Like, he was injured. That was it, yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Um, John Akinde on the bench. You know, he got some. Well, he got one or two of his best player, best players, on the bench. So you could he, they'll come out and say it weren't our strongest squad. Well, they were saying, but that then we can turn around and say, well, we had Christian Pierce on international duty, Ryan Sweeney on international yeah, duty. Weren't our we rested team. Tyler Walker. We, you know, we rested Bishop. It wasn't our strongest team. Grow up. Yeah, that's, exactly. And, and the excuse of they were too physical, so we didn't want to put our strongest players out in case of injury. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a load of crap. Absolute ridiculous, that. I mean, I think it's it's the fact that they've lost the game and they're trying to... I think for them, they're very clever with the media in terms of they're trying to justify a defeat to their fans because their fans, 
you know, you know yourself, you, your cousins are Lincoln fan, no doubt you've had numerous conversations. <laughs> I've not spoken to him. Uh, I, I wonder why. Um, but, but I think. But get your commenting, Carl, if you want. Yeah, chip, chip in, that's if, you, if you've stopped crying. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, when you're on a winning run, and this, I think, almost like us when we were in the conference, when we were on that fantastic run, when you're on a winning run and you're doing really, really well and you lose a game, the pressure then for a manager just ramps and ramps up to you know keep things back on track and avoid a massive slump so to to then you know blame the physicality of us or whatever that's, that's just surely just them trying to justify defeat and justify their own poor performance they're, they're looking for excuses aren't they yeah I mean in some ways not to go on about Lincoln but in some ways it might do them good I mean we last season we went on we went on that a bit of a, a run of games yeah, over Christmas, weren't it? Yeah, and then and then we lost, and then it was kind of it was kind of like a bit of a come down to earth for us. It were like reality check sort of thing. So, and it it actually did us a little bit of good to be yeah. honest to lose that one game. So for Lincoln to lose that, yeah, they are being a bit mardy and spat on the out and things like that and like you say he's looking for an excuse you know and the physicality I don't think Man- have, have we ever seen Mansell have been physical I don't think we've this we've, season that is only against Sheffield Wednesday but that's a different that's a different well, ca- cattle official we'll talk about yeah, that later nice plug good work um, <laughs> let's go back to the game now look at some of the comments um Ewan says surely shows others in the league and this is a great comment surely shows others in the league that they can be beaten and should keep our own momentum going and that's the important thing isn't it like we said it doesn't matter whether it's the checker trade doesn't matter whether it's a friendly doesn't matter whether it's a league game or a cup final or whatever it's against a fellow league two side who we will be competing against over the course of a long season so men- mentality wise that's it's the best thing mm. well exactly it means that you can go into them big games with the positive Fair enough, it's, you don't want to go into the game overconfident like, oh, we've already beat these this season. It, it, you want to go into the game where you're a bit more positive, like, oh, we have beat them this season. It's a different side, but we, but it, we have, it, we have do it done again. it, have that self-belief. But, so it, it creates a positive impact on the dressing room. And even if it's players that are playing on the bench, not in the squad or just outcasts, it's still that positive impact that we need. And as well, we've already played them once, so you kind of know how they're going to set up, yeah. in, a, in a sense. You know, you know... Any you know, team you know that, that starts that with Boss, Matt Reed is going to launch it long and try exactly, and get away Exactly, that's and what... You're going to get Bostwick, kind of boss the midfield and things like that, <laughs> if you can. But, you know, you know that he's that sort of player in the middle... And if you give him that room and that space, he will boss the midfield. So you know what they're capable of already going into like when we're going to play them in well, that's November it. You time. You look at Lincoln's team, you've got Green, who will run off the strikers. Run but who's, yeah. who's the other two strikers that they've got at the team? Exactly. Matt Reed, Johnny Kindy. Yeah, and then a couple of young lads who, who, who are coming through. It's... Exactly. They're a very big physical team and... A, a very good team even now that they bought Sam Slocum in fantastic goalkeeper had a, had a decent game Tuesday it was just unfortunate yeah great finish by Butcher to put it underneath him and yeah, Walker's power, power and accuracy and yeah, that's the just, thing isn't it we, you know, it wasn't a, a tame shot it was two very good finishes exactly but it was just that 
Lincoln set up in a, a certain way but didn't really change the strategy whereas when when Walker came on we went a little bit more direct rather than play it down the wing we played it through the middle and on the floor exactly instead of hoofball you, you'd expect that from someone like Lincoln Notts County where they've got target men to aim at we were very um, we were very guilty first half of falling into the Lincoln trap of playing direct I mean when you start with Rose and Davis both the sort of strikers who were good on the floor but good in the air as well so we tend, tried to play long and didn't work I mean we'll come into our performance a little bit more in a, in a, in a minute but the, what pleased me the most was the fact that Flitcroft recognised it wasn't working perhaps was a, a, maybe a bit of a gamble in taking both Rose and Davis off and putting Siege out front but then actually you've got players with pace and power who can run off and you've got the, the likes of Elshnik who um, you know, we're going to talk about in more detail as well running through when we played it on the floor and the second half especially we looked a completely different team it was fantastic to see it was it, it we get that used to seeing late changes and influential changes for some games but then you get other games that like the subs don't do anything. They come on and they're either at the wrong time or the wrong player to bring on. You look at Macclesfield, we didn't put Amari Sterling James on. It was too late to influence the game. And I just don't think it was the sort of player to bring on. But you bring on someone like Tyler Walker on Tuesday night who's stra literally straight into the game on it as soon as he touches the ball. And I think... I think Flitcross has been guilty of that a bit this season, making the wrong subs at the wrong time. I think he admitted it, But he, he recognised when we needed change on Saturday. He recognised when we needed change on Tuesday. And it worked. We, closed, it, we managed to close the game out against Carlisle. And we managed to win the game at Lincoln. So it, it's all positives going into the next game. Fair enough, mm -hmm. it might be, what, a week and a half away. But it is still building that momentum that we, we need to keep it going. Plenty of more comments coming in. Keep yours coming in if you're watching on the live feed tonight. Drop us a comment. This is the only place to have your say on your team in a show like this. Uh, if you listen to the audio version of this as well, where were you every Thursday, 6.30? Come and join us on facebook.com forward slash MTFC Matters. Lots of comments, as I say, coming in. Um, Shelley says... It'll be interesting when we go to Lincoln in November. Danny Cowley is always moaning. Roger says, remember Lincoln last year at Stags? Uh, obviously bringing up the point on uh, who are they to say that we're a physical team. Uh, Cole's been in. Oh, oh, of course he has. All right, Cole's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Puts uh, three laughing crying faces and puts, see you on the 24th of November, lads. We've got different priorities this season, winky face. I wonder what they are. Finishing just outside the playoffs? And, I think so, yeah. and, and Throw, throwing, throwing it away at last 13 games. Like Losing your manager in January when yeah. a League One club comes for him on the board? Maybe, who knows. Um, always a bit of banter. Uh, Peter says, if a team shows a bit of backbone, um, it's taken as being physical. We were playing football. Were we playing football or netball? Exactly, great point. Um uh, so keep those comments uh, coming in. Let's talk then a little bit about our performance on Tuesday night and get away from the, this is not the Imps podcast or whatever. Um, We'd be asleep by now. I know. Um, Callum Butcher, <laughs> we spoke a little bit about him earlier on. He had a great influence on Tuesday night. Obviously not been 
playing too much in the league, been coming on as a sub. Got his opportunity uh, in that attacking mid role, midfield role for in place of Carnan. Did really well. That first goal to get us back level after that awful start was a great bit of tenacity from him. I think it's just that little bit of communication that we've not maybe not quite had. You think Hayden White with a good ball through Callum Butcher maybe it wrong side at defender to get to it at first but manages to wrestle him off the ball and too physical yeah too (laughs) physical (laughs) should have been a bucket oh I broke an ale too physical for me lads but it's just that little bit of energy that he's put in whereas last season if we'd have seen him he might not have chased that let it through run through to keeper but now it just seems that that little bit fitter and got that extra edge more willing yeah more willing to run for the ball and it's a perfect example you look at going back a couple of weeks go back to the Accrington game another man of the match performance oh, should have been a man of the match performance yeah undoubtedly yeah and it's the same thing just that little bit of edge that we saw glimpses of against Carlisle last season his first game but seemed to just go missing after and then, then Tyler Walker's goal as well he had a, another hand in that just held off the defender and made that death flick into into the path of Walker and it's that added bit of quality which we'd missed in that final third well exactly and you think over the last few games we've been getting to that position it'd go wide and then it'd come back inside and keep going back and, back, back and forth and we wouldn't know what to do with it you look at Colchester, for example, we had about five minutes where CJ got the ball just stunned under Bishop Street stand, just not really knowing what to do. Defence, wing, defence, wing. And nothing came of it. And now we're starting to find them little little gaps. It might only be a small gap, but we're managing to find them and actually make something of, of the attack rather than it just fizzling out and becoming nothing. You look at Tuesday night, the two goals pretty much came from absolutely nothing. Hayden White's got the ball out on wing, he pings one forward, Butcher gets on end of it, scores. Same again in second half, Hayden White's got the ball, halfway line, just plays it through a gap, Butcher runs on, flicks on, and Walker pops off one first time and it goes in. It's just that little little bit of an edge that we've lacked this season so far I never like being too negative side but there were some um, questionable performances yeah. on uh, Tuesday night uh, mainly and again I'm not being <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making anybody a scapegoat but mainly Conrad Logan I just thought his get it long distribution life. was absolutely Con- shocking contrast from Saturday to Tuesday um, me and my dad kind of made the the kind of comments from Saturday Bobby's kind of distribution when he got the ball straight out you know he'd roll it out to Aidan White he'd roll it out to Preston it, it would to CJ you know it were, it were quick to get it out and I think that's where Conrad goes wrong sometimes because he's, he's like you were saying about Craig Davis his decision making is not quite there questionable questionable <laughs> and I think that's the same for Conrad at times he's he's you know, he, his decision making sometimes is questionable. And that put us under the cosh cam as well, didn't it? Because, you know, we were playing some passes and whether that was, 
you know, the defence has to take a little bit of responsibility for that as well. I know that we we changed the back three again because Pierce and Sweeney were both obviously on international duty. Pierce playing about midnight tonight for Barbados um, in in their Concaf Nations League qualifier, uh, but. Um, I think the the thing there is, you know, we were put under pressure. The defence perhaps should have dealt with it a little bit more. But when you're being put under constant pressure, the one thing you don't keep doing, for, in my opinion, is keep doing the same thing where you're being put under pressure. Just get it long and get us up because they were. I could genuinely see a goal coming. I'm very very surprised that they didn't pounce on it. Well, exactly. And you're looking second half. There were a couple of times. I think it were. Conrad played it out to Matt Preston, played it back to Conrad, played it back out to Hayden because they just couldn't do anything with it. And you've got to feel slightly sorry for the defence because it's the goalkeeper putting them under pressure. If they lose the ball, then it's their fo- it's their fault in the eyes of the fans. It's not. It's the goalkeeper's fault. The goalkeeper shouldn't be putting a ball into a a questionable area. Should if you're not conf- if you're not confident, then just get rid of it. I never, I never like, never like, knowing like we're winning and they're playing that long back four. I don't like that high. at all. It's like just get it up top. Yeah. And like, like you say, let let Danny have it up top or or Craig Davis or somebody like that. Let them, let them have it down in corner, not not along your back four. Because like Cam says, one mistake and fans are going to be on back at on on back of the defenders and. Obviously, other two might get a goal. I'll say we've made that mistake in the past. You, it all it takes is one little slip, yeah. and you, your striker's gone. And fair or, enough, Matt. Or played, or played behind them, and you know, strikers on it. Well, exactly. If, if you're playing somebody like if you're playing against somebody like the calibre of Matt Green, for example, yeah, he he's going to gobble all that up. He's he's going to be onto that like tramp on chips. But also, you look at if you're playing it to your last man. If they get the ball taken off them, the first instinct is to get the ball back, and all you need is one little wrong movement, text defend, uh, text the attacker mm. down, and you're walking. It's that little bit of pressure that you don't need. And then um, you're one on one with goalkeeper. Exactly. You go around him, and he could get a penalty away, sent off, and then you've lost your goalkeeper. I think sometimes we've just got to be a little bit wiser. I'm going to jump to Logan's defence slightly. I mean, he did redeem himself a little saves, bit yeah. with a couple of good saves, especially the one where he got, he'd already gone down and managed to get his arm up and punch uh, that away from that acute angle. That was a decent save, and uh, it was improved in, in the second half. Uh, as well, but it's like, for example, the, the big debate in the Premier League at the moment. I tend not to pay any attention. To be honest, this might actually shock a few people who are watching or listening. But I don't watch a lot of Premier League football. I don't sit and watch. I don't sit and watch Sky Sports. I prefer to be at a game watching a game. That's just the way I am. But obviously, you pick things up from the radio and social media. The argument at the minute in the Premier League is about Czech and Arsenal and the way they're playing, saying he's not a ball-playing goalkeeper in. For them, and I think it's the same thing with Logan. Sometimes you've got two types of keeper. You've got a keeper who's comfortable with playing with his feet and playing it short from the back, like a Lesnik, and then you've got a keeper who's comfortable, more comfortable, a good shot stopper and a good commander, but who likes, who's better with playing long and just sort of holding his box. And I think we need to be a little bit more keen. I think with the way Mansfield play at the minute and the way Flickcroft wants to play, that's where I can see a Lesnik getting his shirt and allegedly establishing himself as the first choice keeper that's the thing if you're playing a back three of Matt Preston Christian Pearson Hayden White they're all very good ball players all can pick a pass out 
20, 30 yards away. And that's something that you don't tend to get in League 2. You don't get a, a good ball-playing centre-half. It just doesn't happen anymore. Even like in the Premier League, you don't always get a, a ball-playing centre-half. So it, it'll work if you've got a, a ball-playing goalkeeper. But when you've got someone that's more suited to commanding and just sending it long all the time... It's not going to work, and when he, when they do try and play it, it's it's questionable, shaky. Xander Diamond, I, he's the more commanding sort of centre half, I think, and I don't think he'd fit in. I don't think he'd fit in the way we're playing at the moment. I don't think Xander would fit into I that don't think sort Murphy of. Would much either, no. to be honest, uh, I, I think. Would you say that they're the sort of players if you're trying to protect a lead or whatever, you bring on for the last fifteen minutes? Because the defence has started to look shaky, tired legs, attacks are getting worse, teams piling pressure on. Would you say it's the sort of player that you'd bring on? Someone like Callum Butcher, where mm. they can play that attacking role if needed, but they're also a physical player that can play defensive if needed. It'd be interesting to see whether we, you know, whether they would get in the side. I mean, I don't think it'd be until after Christmas where either of them perhaps get no. a look. And I think then one or maybe both might have. Let's say Christmas. I think Murphy might have a future. Flickcroft does seem to like Murphy, but Diamond, I don't think, has got a future. I'll say games come thick and fast. You look at first week of December, you've got cup. Uh, you start your cup matches. Mm. Well, second round of FA Cup, so you've got that to contend with. Uh, and then you've got your league fixtures, and then you. So I'll say the obviously the December is, and um, first December FA Cup second round. Then you've obviously if we make it through to, past the group stage of the Czech trade, you've got that to contend with, uh, as well. So as well as you've got, was it four games condensed over Christmas? Yeah, just before Christmas, Bo Boxing Day. Yeah, uh, one between New Christmas Day. and New Year. Yeah, there's there's yeah. lots of games in there. We'll have a look at. We'll talk about fixtures as well. Let's go back. Uh, though to Lincoln let's hear from David Flickcroft in a second to get a little bit of reaction and then we'll talk about you know is it a competition that we should be taking seriously we'll have that debate a little bit uh, more yeah. again and uh, <laughs> uh, have a uh, have a little look at that so let us know in the comments and uh, we'll read a couple more of your comments out before we hear that uh, interview from uh, Flickcroft we were talking earlier about the way we're playing um, and talking about Logan John says after beating Lincoln I think we can go all the way Um Roger says Comrade got some stick from the commentators on Radio Lincoln uh, and also says got to believe we can go all the way why not John says you never get a player to be consistent week in week out especially at this level we are doing okay so early in the season completely agree with that I'm delighted with the way we are if we had one maybe two of those draws turned into victories I think that would be fantastic yeah. uh, and Roger says this stage of the season I'm relatively happy how it's going the team have shown they are a force to be afraid of Newport and Carlisle made to look very ordinary of course, both decent teams as well, so um, there is that. Let's get some reaction, though, from uh, Tuesday night. Seven changes, I think, we made uh, in the end. Um, obviously, two enforced with Pierce and Sweeney off on international duty. No Sterling James available either, which opened the door for Jason Law to come onto the bench. But let's hear the views of Stag's boss, David Flickcroft, as he reflects on those changes. And that come-from-behind victory, 2-1 at Checker Trade holders, uh, Lincoln City. League 2 leaders, Lincoln City as well. And for the most part, from the Cowley's perspective anyway, Marty Lincoln City as well. Here's David Flickcroft speaking to iFollow. We've had to really think about who we utilise tonight and who we play. Um, you know, making sure that over the next 
10 days we we're fully uh, fully loaded in terms of minutes and data and stats because you know we've got a real heavy period you know after the international break we've got a real heavy period uh, and, and then October is uh, is a monster of a month you know seven seven big games so uh, now I was delighted with the lads and you know I sort of said to them that it doesn't matter what competition what day or week it is you know, you, you're striving to improve. You, you need a purpose about your work. You know, you're coming in every day to get better and improve. You know, and, and it's another winning opportunity tonight. And uh, you know, winning is just something you just can't turn up for. You know, surgeons have got to be on the game over 300 times a year. Um, you know, players 50 times a year. We've got to be on our absolute best for 50, 50 times a year and, and have a real purpose to what you do every day. And, and I'm seeing that in this group. Um, you know, and I'm seeing that with the staff. And uh, and they've just got to. Keep driving forward and uh, and keep keep improving. You know that's the biggest thing that, that I want. And you know Callum has um, from what from what happened last season. Do you know what I mean? And he sort of didn't feel wanted or part of the football club. And uh, you know he, he did sort of want to get back home. Uh, and 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 when your football life's not right, you know you do find solace in in, in going back home to your family. Um, you know so he got he got a move down south. And then we had a really good chat in the summer, you know, about what it could look like this season and his influence over over the campaigns that he's had, promotion campaigns that he's had, and, uh, and the experiences that he's had, and and now he'd be a, a, a tool for us this season to to utilise, and and he loves the environment. Um, he's give everything since since I've been a manager of the football club, and um, you know he's he, he, yeah he's he's running powers good, and he's. Um, Again, his end product tonight was good as well. So, yeah, delighted for Cal. Um, and it's, like I said, it's more minutes under Danny Rose's belt, more minutes under Dave O's belt. Um, so, yeah, it, and, and Tyler's got Tyler's got another goal to keep adding to his tally. And it doesn't matter, you know, what the night, what the occasion, what the competition. It's, it's important that, you know, you try and breed that winning as part of what you do. It doesn't matter about uh, the competition. It doesn't matter about the night. It's all about winning. The comments there of David Flickcroft speaking to iFollow. Uh, and let's pick up straight away on that point then, Simon. Obviously, doesn't matter about the game, doesn't matter about the competition, doesn't matter about when, it's all about winning. Does that suggest to you, going back to the debate we had at the end of last <laughs> week, which I loved, loved it because that carried on in the car and everything. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, does that suggest that Flickcroft knows that this is a trophy that Mansfield Town should be competing in. Yes, I think so. Um, the point, the, the only point that I was trying to make last week was is play some of the youngsters to see whether they're good enough to fit in the team. Which he did. And yeah, and it proved right. So yeah, I, I don't see why we can't take that forward. And and what well, Lincoln did it last season, so why can't we? And if you look at you know what they've been able to do with the winnings and the, the prize money has gone up and up and up and it's gone up this season as well Cam and Lincoln were able to through that money and investing that money and what have you were able to you know bring in the likes of John Kinday and play higher wages for, for players and make those improvements off the pitch will, which, will, which will push them forward that can only benefit us because you know let's face it we did alright against Carlisle in terms of the gates but there's going to be some games where the gates aren't going to be great and um, because we're struggling to com sometimes to compete with other other teams, we've got a reduced budget compared to last season because of the amount of money Evans spent. So gaining revenue by progressing in a competition like this, with a squad like we've got, developing those young players, the likes of 
Gibbons, the likes of Jordan Graham, who for me are capable of playing in, in the first team. There's a couple of others in there as well, your Henry Wilders, your Jason Laws, that sort of thing. You know, that can only be a, pos- a positive thing. We should be progressing this, we should be taking it seriously. It's it's something that we've, a competition that we've never particularly done well in, even in its original state of the JBTL, EV bands, whatever else it's been called over the last God knows how Well, when it was the Freight Rover, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like we said, it's a competition we have won before, even if it's a, a different state as compared to what it is now. But it's just that little bit more competitive now than it was before. You think you've got... Extra, fair enough, it's extra games compared to what it used to be, where it used to be a one-round shootout, you progress as you, as you win a game. But now it's like you've got to actually make sure you put the performances for all three games, not just one. You see, there's, there's the, I think, the, the thing. Obviously, the big debate is always about the under-23s. I'm not bothered about that debate whatsoever because it's just teams competing. still professional players. Professional players, and it's a good opportunity to see them play. But for me, I like the group stages. I think perhaps it could be looked at for it could be looked at further because you know you're guaranteed three games. The only problem is, as David Flickcroft has said in, in press, is obviously, you know, supporters have got to pay more money for, for tickets, that sort of thing. And if you look at Lincoln on, on Tuesday, for example, I think it was the same price to get into the game as it was to watch on iFollow. So there's, there is that debate and that issue. But for me, you know, game time, you've got those extra games, those more competitive games than a reserve fixture to blood players and for fans to see players who aren't playing week in, week out. And well, exactly. And you think most people in a job these days will work maybe, what, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, is a generic job these days. How many reserve games and youth team games are played midweek at midday. Too many, and it needs to get sorted. It's not even too many. It's every single game. <laughs> and fans want to watch reserves. It's like, fair enough, the gates weren't amazing, but you've got maybe a couple hundred every time the reserve played at home or the youth team played at home before. But now it's all changed because it's a league. I think it, it does give that chance to, for fans to be able to watch it. Do you think that maybe... The EFL and clubs should sit down, get together and maybe talk about restructuring the competition as a, a financial side of things. Maybe like introduce a ticket bundle. Mm. You pay 25 quid, 20 quid, and you get tickets for you three group all, all three gr- group games and then a priority for the next round if you get through. I think there certainly needs to be something in place because when you look at I mean, it's probably going to be... Uh, a, a 10 or 20 quid I mean if it's to be honest and I hope the Radfords are listening to this when it's usually a cup game at stakes it's usually what 20 quid yeah 15-20 quid let's say for argument's sake 20 quid Um, that's too much money to pay for a checker trade trophy game and the way to attract fans sometimes is take that hit and take a loss and if the FA and the PFA and the AFL or whoever can come up with a solution to Boost the prize money to make that as a as a cushion, so clubs can offer a maximum, a cap of a fiver a ticket or a pound a ticket, and fill the ground. Surely that's a, a good way of getting introducing people to the to the club. Well, you look when we did all the ticket deals, we've not had what we didn't have one 
all of last season at all. No. And I don't. I think that's probably down to the budget spent on players. But now that everything seems to be a little bit more settled down with the club, finances are a, a lot better than what they used to be. Do you think that maybe as it rolls towards the the crunch time in the checker trade, like have we got to play, we've got to play. It's Wolves under twenty threes next, and Scunthorpe at home. The next one, Wolves under twenty threes, of course, that's uh, next month. Uh, that's obviously uh, in October, the uh, I think the ninth of October. And if you look at the amount of games we've got, which we will have a look at uh, more in more detail in a minute. Out of the games, the one that you'd be happy to miss would be Wolves under twenty threes at home. Do you think maybe the games that are around them, you put a deal in place, you buy your league ticket, but you get your check and trade ticket at half buy, price. Buy two league tickets, get check and trade free. Yeah, yeah. The 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 other main concern is if we do get to final. Every man and his dog's going to want to go to and here, and here it yeah. is, and this is why I'm glad you've said that, because can, I can read Shelley's comment out, comment out now, which I've been <laughs> holding on for the last five minutes. She puts, I am only going to Wembley. Yeah, I know. And you know you what? See, but I, <laughs> you see, for that, I would say, again, like you need a ticket bundle. Yeah. You need to have two or three checker trade trophy games to get you to go to thingy well, and, and maybe because I, I, I didn't go to Lincoln on Tuesday night but I might go to Wolves yeah. and I might go to Scunthorpe and then whoever we're getting like the knockout stages I might go to that one so yeah. you know I think it, it's it, it's poor sometimes I mean I, I get why fans don't want to go to it and I get that fans sometimes mm. don't see the appeal of it but let's think back to 2011 it was probably the worst 2010-2011 was probably the worst um, year watching Mansfield Town. We was locked out of the ground, obviously changing management, change of owners, that sort of thing um, as well. Ilkeston um, was the, the venue playing against Works, Works at Town, the first round of the FA Trophy. Nobody, both teams homeless. Both teams homeless. Worst weather ever nobody ever believed that we'd you know get anywhere that that year ended up at a Wembley final 26,000 fans at Wembley quite a lot of them Stags fans uh, as well all right we lost the final but how many people came out in support of that I was talking to I had um, a new internet fitter the other day and the engineer came in and was obviously sort of the Stags stuff and was talking about it and went oh yeah my last game was uh, was Wembley in, in, in 2011 I'm just like oh, please mate just, just leave yeah <laughs> I'm just like either leave or don't talk about it. but the football. point is you get to a cup final and all of a sudden you, you, you find fans why can't those fans be invested in these earlier rounds See, as you, people have said in the comments it's all about the journey exactly and do you think that not trying to cause arguments do you think that's where your clubs like Lincoln have got all their fans from. You think they've gone on a good foot run of form. They got promote. They got a, a good cup run. They got promotion. They've kept their fans for a season and a bit so far. And would you say that if they don't keep producing results and good cup runs, do you think their fans can start leaving again? I think there'll naturally be a drop. It certainly happened to us. Yeah, I think the. Well, exactly. I mean, you remember when we played in when we won the conference, we filled the ground, and then all of a sudden it's gone back. It went back to you know averaging two, two and a half, three. But with Mansfield fans, 
And I'm not saying it's all Mansfield fans, but some Mansfield fans, it's one excuse after the other. You know, don't like Aslam, not going. Don't like Paul Cox the way he's playing, not going. Don't like Adam Murray as a manager, not going. Don't like Steve Evans' tactics or whatever, not going. Don't like David Flipcroft, so I'm not going. There's always some excuse of not to go. And it's like, it's not about who's in charge, it's about them 11 lads that put that shirt on and give us a game of football. And the be-all and end-all is this, and I wrote this on, on the blog on uh, on Wednesday. If you want to read that, by the way, www.mtfcmatters.co.uk. Good play. Uh, thank you. And <laughs> um, so the website is the, the, the podcast website, so get on there. You can also, on there, watch back all the Memory Lane series, Legends Live, and, uh, you know, uh, w- listen back to all the other podcasts as well. But the point is, I wrote in that blog... Um, on, on Wednesday the be all and end all of it is me as a supporter of Mansfield Town Football Club I want to watch my team be successful I don't care whether that's in a reserve league I don't care if that's in the football league yes that's got to be the priority uh, but I don't care if it's in the check of trade either I want to see my team be a success which football fan honestly sits down at the start of the season and goes yeah I'd be happy to finish mid-table this year nobody does it it's madness Huddersfield <laughs> it's madness it's madness absolute madness well it's like you look you look 10 years ago dire financial restraints on us embargoes locked out of us ground terrible training facilities you've got fans that were there week in week out such as myself I'm guessing you were there week in, week out, yeah, conference days. Yeah. Week in, week out, conference one, days. Just for the record, I missed one game in the entire five years of the conference. Oh, <laughs> Getting that out there. But it's the fans that turned up in the tough times that I think deserve the team to go further. I'm not taking a dig at fans that are glory hunters, but you look at the fans that have been there since since the club nearly died. You think we that season we got to Wembley was when everything started to turn around, started to go Mansfield's way, not anybody else's. And the fans that have stuck out, stuck with us. I got my first season ticket when I was seven, and it was the it was the season after we got relegated, first season in conference. And I've been a season ticket holder since. It's fans like us that deserve the club to go far, and fans that want to watch us week in week out. No matter what competition it is, no matter where they play, we want to watch our team do well and be successful. So, coming up with excuses like, I don't like Haslam, fair enough, nobody does. We stuck it out for four seasons whilst we were still in charge, paid us money to watch our club. Exactly, you know, that's that's the thing, isn't it? And this is, this is the comment which... Uh, ends all that discussion and uh, I'll take my hat off to Liam uh, he says in my opinion he's, he's right I agree there is too many, many negative Mansfield supporters and that's football fans in, yeah. in general uh, let's turn it back on its head there I think David Flickcroft has definitely got his, his head screwed on <laughs> you know he knows um, a win is a win and it's all about momentum um, Tuesday though did see um, in fact, let's, let's go back slightly to last Friday because last Thursday it was obviously 24 hours uh, before the loan window closes, we had a bit of discussion about Danny Rose whether he'd, he'd stay. We always knew he was going to stay. Uh, we were talking about 
potential players coming in. We wanted to perhaps see a defender uh, come in because at that point, White and Preston, we, didn't, we weren't sure on, on that. Um, we did bring in somebody in there. We brought in Timmy Elishnik uh, on loan from uh, Derby County on a season-long loan. Obviously worked with Flipcroft before at Swindon. Very highly thought-of player. Um, had a great debut on, on Tuesday night at Lincoln Camp. Fantastic. Fair enough, he was a very similar player to McDonald and played very similar way, but they complemented each other very well. You've got one player bossing one side of the midfield, another player bossing the other side of the midfield, and it worked. We look last season and we tried to play a lot of the time Macca and Mellis at the same time, and it, they just clashed a lot of the time. They both got sucked in to the attack and didn't really cover. Whereas Tuesday night, they both chipped in with the defensive work, they both chipped in with the attacking work, and just ran that show from the midfield. And I think as long as it's, it's another situation, as long as we can keep players fit and hungry and wanting to improve themselves as well as improving the team, then I think we, we're going to have a, a really decent player on his hands. Obviously worked with David Flitcroft before at Swindon last season. Let's hear what Elsnick had to say about his stakes debut and, of course, uh, linking up with David Flitcroft once again. He was speaking after the Lincoln game uh, to I follow. I would say I can offer a bit more in, uh, going forward, uh, get some assist goals, like I said before. Uh, I think I'm a creative player and um, Gaffer sees me that way as well, so uh, I think that's what you can expect from me. Um, I've been in contact with the Gaffer um, a couple of weeks before that. Um, obviously, I played under him in uh, in the last season so I know him he knows me uh, and when he moved to Mansfield he said I'm going to be looking to get you in there uh, to, just to, to, to strengthen the midfield and um, we've been in touch uh, but it was up to the clubs uh, Derby and uh, Mansfield to get the deal done and um, he went down to the last day and I'm just glad I'm here uh, I'm glad they sorted out and um, crack on from here now he's a very good manager I think um, knows his players well and knows how to position us on the pitch and uh, just He's, he sees the game a bit differently. Uh, he's looking forward, like in the future, how we're going to play. Not not just now, but the next half of the season. Um, so I, th I think he gives us like great advice. Uh, he knows the opponents always really well, uh, so we know what to expect before the games. Um, yeah, I just think he's a really good manager. I think the the biggest thing about that is uh, last season after one of the games. Um, I came on at half time, so I only played uh, half a game, uh, scored two goals, and then. Um, after the game, I went in the gym just to do a bit extras because I, I didn't feel like I've done enough. Uh, so, like, hour and a half after the game, he walked in. He was like, what are you doing? I'm just doing a bit of extras for myself. And he was just, like, blown away. Uh, that's so professional and stuff like that. So I think after that, he sees me as a great professional. And um, I think in uh, modern football, you have to be like that. You have to take care of the nutrition, the way you eat, the way you prepare and stuff like that just to improve yourself and be as, as good as you can be. Timmy Elchnick talking to I follow after that game at Lincoln. If you want to watch that in full, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow is the place to be. Let's move on then and talk about uh, the news um, over the that's come out today. Sheffield Wednesday, cash your mind back to that in pre-season. Jacob Mellis involved in that melee afterwards and uh, he's got a bit of a, a slap on the wrist, got himself a fine, a three-game ban as well. Three game ban for Forestieri as well and a fine for him. We'll talk through the facts and figures in a moment. But it's been resolved. But what do you make of, of the outcome? I, I just think it's fair, to be honest. Maybe, you know, being a bit biased, you know, think Forestieri perhaps 
deserves a longer ban. But you know, at the end of the day, we've had, we've both had a slap on race. We've both you know kind of we've both admitted what we've done. So yeah, I think it's I think it's fair enough, and it's not ongoing. It's not dragging along. It's done. Draw a line under it and then just get on with it. But let's read the statement um, from the FA which they've issued today. Uh, Mansfield Town and Sheffield Wednesday have been fined £3,000 respectively after both clubs admitted an FA misconduct charge of failing to ensure their players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion and or refrained from proactive and or violent behaviour. It follows an incident in the 88th minute of their game on the 24th of July 2018. Furthermore, Wednesday's Fernando Forestieri and Mansfield's Jacob Mellis have each been suspended for three matches with immediate effect and fined £25,000 and £1,500 respectively after admitting an FA misconduct charge in relation to the same incident at the end of this game. Of course, that means that Mellis will miss uh, the next three Stags fixtures, uh, Exeter, Cambridge and Northampton. So he won't be available until October, so probably a good thing that we brought to Ellis Nikin. But I think one thing which is... I'm glad to see the, the fines um, they've been made to pay the fines we, we weren't blameless in it let's not hide away from that we no, weren't blameless in it at, at all slightly disappointed that nothing nothing further has been made of the, the racism allegations see, not naming names but according to someone on Facebook the whole forest theory thing is still a, a police matter well, that's the thing, isn't it? it, it Not it could naming well, names. It, it could, but, it could yeah. well be. It, it's uh, that's that's coming from someone close within the club. Well, we'll, we'll see what what happens uh, in that respect then. But f- for my money, I think you know, um, both bans, both obviously probably weeks' wages, isn't it? When you look at the figures on paper, yeah, um, mm-hmm. three matches. We can think. Flintcroft knew it was coming. If, yeah. it. if that had have happened in a match then that would have been a straight red card and a three-match suspension and yeah. a fine. Yeah. And, so I, and I think you nailed it on the head by when we were coming up in the car. You actually said it would have been a lot of a... Some, if it would have been like Macca or somebody like that that's in the team every week, then it might have disrupted the way that we're playing. But because it's Mellis... Yeah. I was say, do you think that's... Because the, the club and the management have known that this is going on, do you think that's why Mellis hasn't featured predominantly massively this, this year? Well, he, I, I didn't play so. Tuesday. He wasn't involved Tuesday at all. Travel with the squad. I would have thought involved. he would have been involved Tuesday, but um, squad rotation and all that. But I suppose... But if you know that Mellis is going to be out for, for three games, do you play him or else need to get minutes? <laughs> yeah. Management. Management. And, and as well... You knew that it was coming because I think David Flitcroft mentioned in one of his post-match interviews that the Mellis incident, you know, they were, taking we waiting, longer. They were yeah. waiting for knowing what was going off and what his suspension would be. So David's thought about this and obviously gone for Timmy to get him in. Yeah, well, uh, let's fingers crossed that, you know, we don't see incidents like that again. And no. Play, both players learn the lesson and and what have you and we move on obviously it's a good job as we say it's pre-season let's talk about one positive though um, he was 23 yesterday and then today he's been nominated for the EFL or the PFL the PFA EFL whatever uh, player of the month Otis Khan that. I know absolutely it's been one of those days Otis Khan um, what have you made of uh, his display worthy of the nomination yeah most definitely he's been one of our outstanding players and I think when we signed him, I think when you asked me who I was most excited to see in the Stag shirt, 
and I think I actually did say Otis and let's face it the performances he's put in have been the quality that we want to see somebody playing the stag shirt I'll say it's clear that we obviously played a, a substantial fee to be able to get him it was it met his release clause in his contract so that's not going to be any any short of a lot of money. five six figures mm. so and I think if Flipcraft wasn't wanting to play him and didn't see anything in it, it wouldn't play it. It wouldn't pay it. So that intent that Flipcraft showing bringing in players of uh, a high caliber, fair enough, it's only oval, but it's that he had that creative flair and he scored what ten before Christmas last season, picked himself up a four-match ban, and re went off the radar. But he's showing that ability that he's got and it just seems to improve week on week and really start starting to make himself a Mansfield player not just a new arrival he is a Mansfield player now he plays for Mansfield he's not he's proven himself to the fans yeah, what he can do I think I don't I don't think it matters who he plays for he just loves playing football yeah. and whoever he plays for he'll give it 100% and luckily for us it's for Mansfield and he's, at the minute he's given it 100% and Definitely. you know you can't you can't ask for anything more out of Otis to be honest long may that continue let's uh, wrap things up by looking at the fixtures for September then obviously uh, no game Saturday due to international games Christian Pierce playing about midnight tonight for uh, for Barbados uh, or Mari Sterling James will be playing for St Kitts in the same competition uh, Ryan Sweeney two games for Republic of Ireland under 21s which leaves us with just three games uh, this season on screen now you'll see the uh, current lead to table and of course the fixtures for this uh, month uh, home games important as well obviously um, we've had decent crowds so far let's see if that can continue and I think it's a relatively tough month uh, for me obviously starting off with Exeter City um, on the 15th at home uh, 8th place at the moment I think lost their last 2 so they'll be looking to get obviously a win on the board Saturday is it county they play on Saturday? So, yeah so uh, yeah. no doubt that's a, a win for them uh, on, on that one um, and then followed by uh, obviously a game against Cambridge and then of course uh, Northampton uh, as well three tough tests three different tests I think three tough tests it is going to be three tough tests but I reckon that we could quite easily take nine points out of them I think the fixtures have felt quite nicely for us fair enough the tough games but we've got results against Exeter at home in the past we've got uh, results against Cambridge away in the past or we've got results against Northampton at home in the past and I think as long as we can keep the momentum going and keep playing the, the way that we have been doing there's no reason that we can't take nine points from them I think you've got to be looking especially with it being Saturday, Saturday, Saturday you've got that rest and recovery time in, in between which is a vast contrast yeah I mean out of those three I would say a minimum of seven points yeah, yeah. and a maximum of nine yeah, you know, can't get more than nine. Be nice with <laughs> bonus points. Know. I know what you mean. Bonus points. Like the yeah, so um, a minimum of seven. You know, you've got you've got to win your own games. To be honest, you've got to kind of get uh, Phil Mill to be like some sort of fortress, and you know, make teams not want to come to us. And 
you know, we we need to start like David said the other day. We need to start putting teams to sort sort of thing on scoring more goals. And Exeter's, you know, a quality side. I think they'll be up there at the end of the season. And I Cambridge away is always a difficult one for our always. It's a tough place yeah, to go. Yeah, very tough. Yeah, long pitch as well. They've got some good players who, who can press well and. Depends out if you turn up and you, you start well at Cambridge, you tend to do all right. But if you if they get on top first, mm. you know we've we've seen as we've seen us win well at Cambridge. We've seen us lose heavily at Cambridge as well. So that's it. But we we've shown that we're more than capable to hold our own. So why not go there and get three points? If you want to see the bad times at Cambridge, go on SoundCloud and find Craig Clip. Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're rant. It's, it's brilliant. Or oh, listen to it. You can't watch it. Listen to it. But there we'll you go. Uh, vast contrast then, because in October, this is what the fixture well, list look, looks well, like. Well, so, uh, yeah, ouch. it's a big, well. big fixture list uh, in uh, in October. Starting off on the second uh, Tuesday night at home to Oldham, uh, then Bury away on the sixth on the Saturday. Wolves on the twenty threes in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, Grimsby at home, which could be a potential to be a postponement because it's international weekend again. Mm. Um, so obviously, <laughs> depending on whether Great. Pierce does well and gets a call up, Sweeney will most definitely get a call up for the under twenty ones. Amari will probably get in for for, for Saint Kitts. Um, so that could be a possibility. So Flickcroft back to his old stomping ground on the twentieth, and this is the hardest week for me. Swindon away on the Saturday, followed by Morecambe away on a Tuesday night on the twenty third. Then NK Dons, who are doing relatively well as well, to end um, that month. Obviously, those fixtures are, are still a, a long, long time away. But we're just talking about the contrast there, and you know how important is it to make sure we get through the next three games with uh, as fewer suspensions, as fewer knocks as possible. Because when you look at that period in October, that's the real month when the league really starts to take shape. I think at the end of October, we'll know whereabouts we'll. We're gonna be sort of thing in in terms of yeah, the league sort of thing. Look, fair enough, you've got your front runners already. You look anything from probably about fourteenth or fifteenth. They've still got. They're not that far off the pace. I mean, we've got three, three of the. Is it three of the relegated? All three relegated teams, Old yeah. Bury and MK Dons, in that month. Yeah. You know, so if we can pick something up against those three teams. Then uh, that that's where I think that you know we we can kind of say we're here to compete. And again, for, for for fans as well, if you're looking at that in terms of a financial month as well, you know you pay an extra money for the Chaka Trade game, so I think there needs to be perhaps some sort of ticket deal uh, done there to try and you know boost the revenue and get fans in. But also, you know, you've got what three away games in there? Yeah, three away games in there. Yeah. Um, short one ish to bury. Obviously, Swindon's a bit of a bit of a trek. And Morecambe on a Tuesday night. That's a that is a that's a ball ache. To be fair, Morecambe <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Um, so we're going to need the support there, and we need to do something. But um, yeah, that's that's it. We'll talk more about those fixtures uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, but there you go. Bit of a busy period coming up as David Flickcroft highlighted in his interview final bit of housekeeping this week um, developing uh, the three uh, a couple of the young players two young players have gone out um, on loan today goalkeeper Sam Wilson's headed out on loan I think Zayn Hakim has joined Baseford uh, as well so good opportunities for them to get some game time mm, yeah it'll be good to get you know minutes under the belt again all development and things like that so a, a player that they're going to know Jack Thomas they're they're Pushing, they're wanting to be a football league club soon. What well, by what they're going on 
that what they're saying anyway. But it's another local team that's a little bit more on the up. I just want um, to get it right that both has Wilson joined Baseford as well. I think Hakimi's joined Baseford and uh, Wilson's joined someone else. I might be wrong, so I'm just going to check. <laughs> going to check the facts. We, we talk we talk facts here on, on this show, but we know Hakeem's done that. Um, he has joined Simerson Town. Sim, yeah, Say, uh, who's he joined? St Ives. There you go. <laughs> I was reading the scripture. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, awkward. Uh, St Ives Town is uh, uh, was where uh, Sam Wilson has, has gone. He's gone there for uh, I believe a month. Uh, so yeah, on loan for a month. So hopefully some game time for him. Obviously as well. I'm going to. That's going to be one which we really want to keep an eye on. That uh, Wilson at St Ives because he's been training not with the youth team. He's been training regularly with Nick Logan and obviously yeah, you know the keeper coach Pledger as well. So Ian Pledger. So hopefully he can get a bit of game time under his belt as well. Yeah, get a few minutes. Um, hopefully and uh, you never know we might see him on the bench on these like check or treat nights and things like that to to give him more game time in, in and around the, the first team and I think that thing as well of you know being able to bring a young keeper in if one gets a suspension or an injury it does happen it has happened mm. previously touch wood it, it doesn't but knowing you've got a, a good roster of goalkeepers is, is can only be described as a as a good thing uh, that's pretty much it though for tonight um, just before we go though obviously tonight there is just three of us on this panel um, we're in rainy horrible dull dark dank Mansfield which is it's not a, a great great night um, so one one of us though is out at sea Mr Nathan Edge disappointing he's been winding us up um, I used to like you I know he's been winding <laughs> us up on the group chat this week he'll listen back to this he's been winding us up on the group chat this week by sending us a couple of uh, voice messages here's one of them oh, it's too relaxing on this cruise guys too relaxing shocking absolutely Appalling. shocking I'd, I mean he'd better have been watching the podcast and do, you know doing some scouting I hope there's no icebergs out there <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Uh, and he's also sent us this one, and this one he gets a bit of comeuppance on this. Listen very closely. Yeah, man, I want, I'd, I'd love another cocktail. That'd be that'd be really nice. Thank you. This time. So uh, there you go. This, that's his uh, girlfriend Emma, by the way. At the end, just listen again. Yeah, man, I want, I'd, I'd love another cocktail. That'd be that'd be really nice. Thank you. This time. Nathan Edge, secret alcoholic, who knows? If you need help, Nathan, we'll provide you with the numbers. Other than that, we look forward to seeing you back on dry land in two weeks' time, because obviously no game Saturday because of the international call-ups, uh, which means, you know, there's no point next week, really, because uh, we'll have nothing to talk about. So uh, we will be taking... I'm sure we could find some, right? We probably will, but unfortunately, <laughs> we will be taking a break uh, next Thursday, so there will be no podcast next Until Thursday. Until goes international, we look at St. Kitts... Barbados and Republic of Ireland under 21. If you pay for the flight, mate, I'm happy to make it happen. Uh, so, yeah, no podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no thoughts, gag. Yeah, just about. No podcast next Thursday night, um, but we will maybe stick something up, who knows. But uh, we will be back in two weeks' time as we reflect on uh, all things action. No doubt we'll have loads to talk about as well. As always, have your say on your team. Um, messages for um, the three on international duty let's finally end on, on that point obviously Christian Pierce, I think is the main one he's going to be playing uh, about midnight tonight Barbados time in don't fall asleep game. I know so <laughs> don't fall asleep um, it's, it's great isn't it to, to, to be able to say we've got these players who were 
doesn't matter about the country, it's an international cap. Mm. Exactly. And you know what, if they can get a, a good win for their countries and bring it back and... No injuries. Exactly, That's no injuries. We want, we want no injuries. And if we can bring that positive spirit that they've got, bring it back, bring it back to the team and influence the team and just get the team really, really going and, well, let's hope that we can start turning that positive energy into wins. Fingers crossed. Disappointing that we don't have a game to go into on Saturday on the back of two good wins, one against Carlisle and Lee, one against Lincoln City in the Checker Trade Trophy. The road to Wembley has started, whether you want to support it or not, whether you want to join us in the final or not, it doesn't matter. The road to Wembley has begun and we'll keep following the journey here on Mansfield Matters every single step of the way and, of course, letting you have your say on your team. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Uh, and, of course, we'll be back in two weeks' time on Thursday, 6.30ish. So you can have your say on your team there. We'll definitely be here two weeks' time on Thursday. I've been Craig Priest. He's been Cam Felton. He's been Simon Mercer. Um, who was it that you insulted earlier on? Um, Matt Preston. Matt Preston. Matt, if you want to know where he lives... If I'm not here in two weeks, you know why. You know why. <laughs> Thanks very much, as always, for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.